Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, growing in faith and friendship. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here today. Let me see if I can adjust this. How's that? Sounding good? Yeah? Looking at my husband. <laughs> is it worse, is it? How's that? Good? <laughs> um, so my name's Joe Weening. It really is a pleasure to be here today. Um, It's funny, isn't it, how God works out his story in your life, and there are pieces of my story here today in this church, and it's it's even funny seeing Mike (laughs) um, holding Hannah, because some of my earliest memories are of being held, or perhaps hiding under, my father's, um, he's an Anglican vicar, and he's here today, and so he wore the robes, and that's from my earliest memories, is of him trying to run services, and me, my sister, my brother, one of us would be hanging off him under his robes, around him. So I've grown up in church life, and I'm very blessed to have a father and mother who love God. Um, Hugh and Mary Morgan went to my dad's church, St. Bartholomew's in Bristol, the church that I grew up in, and it's just amazing that they're here. <laughs> and I was very good friends with their daughter, Ruth, a little bit of a misspent youth there, but that's another story. <laughs> She's an amazing girl, yeah. Um, and we, me and my family, so Mike, I'm married to my husband, Mike Weenink, um, who's also from a ministry family. So his father, Bert Weenink, um, was the minister at Pontydrin Baptist Church down in Cumbran, um, and then in Yate, which is where I met Mike. Um, and now, actually, they've just retired to Abertillery, so they're just not far away from you guys. Um, and when me and my husband moved here a year and a half ago, we moved to be closer to my family, who are now living near Merthyr, as well as just the beauty of this place. We were like, wow, we want to live here. We came across the bridge from Bristol. And it was amazing that within the first week I met Ellen, <laughs> who just seemed to pick me, <laughs> and she was like, be my friend. <laughs> and I was very, very pleased. And even more amazingly, that her, our sons, our youngest sons, have really bonded and are best mates. <laughs> And it's just incredible that God's provided, like, a really good friend here, but that she also loves God, and that her children love God. I'm just, I feel very blessed. We found a great church here up on the mountain called Victory Blenavon. We're, like, tiny. There's, like, 20 of us. We're so small. But we really love God, and we have a real passion and a heart for seeing God in our communities here in South Wales. And so what I'd really like to talk to you a bit about today It was amazing, the songs. You guys were on it. Because I want to talk about letting your light shine and the visibility that we have within our faith. Now, a little bit about more about me, who I am as a a minister. Um, So I guess my dad would probably tell you that from pretty young, I've always been prophetic. And what prophetic means is that I have a gift from God where I can listen to God And I'll have pictures, dreams, quite often, often words, that are quite specific for people or communities. Um, The amazing thing about having a prophetic gift is that it should always be biblical. It should always be tested. And it should always be given with grace to the person or to the community that you're sharing it with. And when I started learning how to preach in um, our old church in Bristol, which was a very large, charismatic church, my mentor there sat me down after my first preach and just said, I think you played it a bit safe there. And he's like, what are you? What has God created you to be as a minister? Are you a preacher? Are you a teacher? Or are you a prophet? 
And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that I have the gift of prophecy. And so I need to be braver that when I preach and when I talk, I will weave that into my talks. So just to kind of give that to you guys as a little bit of expectation, that I've been listening to God's voice for your church, and I've been listening to God's voice for South Wales, for these towns and communities here. And when I asked him, so, what would you like me to preach about here? I feel like I've gone down a bit. Are we there? <laughs> um, what would you like me to preach about here in this town, um, here in this church? He said to me, the Matthew 5 verse, 5.14, you are the light of the world. We're on it, nice. <laughs> like it. So Matthew 5 verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. I love that verse. I've just um, saved the top bit. You are the light of the world and put it as a screensaver on my phone. And the bit that jumped out to me is you. You, every single person here who knows Jesus, who accepts him as their saviour, you are the light of the world. Jesus has a plan and a dream and a hope for you, for your community here as church, but also for the wider town and community in Abergavenny. You are the light of the world. I've um, spent half my week covered in vomit from my eldest son who caught the sickness bug. <laughs> properly doing the rounds in Abergavenny and it was a bit of a rough end to the week and he was really poorly, bless him, and he had quite a high fever and I literally kind of, whilst looking after him, was writing this preach on the sofa um, and I said to him, Xander, what do you think it means when Jesus says, you are the light of the world? And he just looked at me and said, mum, this is power, isn't it? This is power in us, it shines out because that's the thing about Jesus, he is the most powerful human being that ever walked this earth because he was the son of God and when you know him and when you accept him into your heart he can't help but shine out of you people when they meet you will look at you and they will see Jesus if you know him as Lord because Jesus shines brighter than any light in the created universe there should be something different about us as Christians when people meet us when they talk with us, when they hang out with us, when they work with us, when they're with us in school, they should know that we're different. They should know that our story, our relationship with God, is something unique and different. We should be attractive people, light bearers, that people want to know what it is about us. They should be curious as to why we are living our lives differently. I'm just going to grab a bit of water. Slight cold this week. We've just been, um, I've been watching the series Miranda, where she says, bear with. <laughs> when I was um, writing this, I just thought about, so, where are you with your light today? Where are you with your relationship with Jesus? I'd just like you to think about that for a moment. Do you feel all bright and shiny and sparkly? Is it hard for you to contain him because he just bursts out? Do you feel distant from Jesus? 
like you have a light, but it's a bit faded. If you're really honest, it's only just about there. Have you actually purposefully and willfully switched off your light and hidden it? Because something has happened to you or by your own choice or your own backsliding, you've stepped away and you, right now, you've got your light switched off. Have you not met the light yet? Have you heard some stories about Jesus, this man, who said that he was the son of God? Have you heard the stories, but so far you haven't made that step to say, yes, I want to follow him. Yes, I want Jesus to be Lord. So you've seen the light, but it might not be inside of you yet. And I just, I want to offer you some hope, really. Because if you're the bright, sparkly light, brilliant. (laughs) Keep on shining. (laughs) Keep on going. Ask God for more. I think with the faded light... There can be many reasons why that happens. We get too busy. Life, children, jobs, school, studying, going here, there, everywhere, family commitments. Our lights can fade. We can suffer. We can fall ill. And in those times, it can be very challenging and very difficult to keep the light inside of you alive. When things happen that you don't understand, and you don't know why this has happened, and you come to God and you say, why? You know it's okay to ask those questions. If you are in a place of suffering right now, I just want to say to you, it's okay to ask why. And God, in his kindness and his gentleness, like I did with my son this week, holding the sick bowl, He will draw close to you if you are ill or poorly or suffering. He will not leave you alone because you are his child and he loves you and a good parent cannot abandon their child when they are in need. And he will sit with you in your questions. And there may be a time where your light is faded, but it will grow again. There is hope. There is hope. It will grow again. If you've switched off your light because of something that you've willfully done in your life, a sin that you've committed, a choice that you've made that you know has not been God's plan for you, there is hope. Again, there's always time for the prodigal to come back. There is always time to turn away from the stuff you've done. Come to your Father in heaven who loves you with open arms, who says, yes, come back to me. You can switch your light back on. And you could do that one time, you can do that 77 times, because God will always forgive if you come to him and ask. What's amazing about this letting your light shine is that God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, he is my gift to you as my people, as my church. I'm giving him to you. He is your light. He is the one inside of us. So when Jesus went to heaven, he's the one who's inside of us now, shining, shining the light of the Son, Jesus, connected to the Father. Love the Trinity, how it all works. (laughs) It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And right now, in South Wales, I feel like God is on the move. And when we're praying in our teeny tiny church (laughs) up on the hill in Blenavon, we are sensing that God is on the move. And what we sense about this is that God is asking his church to let their light shine out of this building.
to look into their towns and communities, their workplaces, their schools, and see how, here in this place, can we shine the light of the Father? Can we show the power of God through the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And last week in our church, we had an amazing time. I mean, really, we're tiny. (laughs) But God was just there. You could feel him in the atmosphere in the room. And I had this image of, like, how Moses stood before the mountain and he saw God in a wind moving. It's like God is moving. He is moving here in this place and in the towns and villages around. And what's exciting about that is that Jesus loves the church. We're his bride. He loves us. And when each of your individual lights come together here in this place, your light shines brighter. Just today, as Mike was praying and interceding for the town and for the situations around the world, I could see the light shining here as we gather together to pray. There is power in gathering together as community. Our lights grow brighter. But I believe that what what Jesus, Jesus' heart, is for his church, his bride. He loves us. We're his family. This is the family house. This is where we meet, love each other, care for each other. But we're not meant to stay here in this place. We're meant to turn around, turn our lights around, and look outside of these walls, look outside to where Jesus is on the move right now. What is he doing in your workplace, with your mates at school, with your family who don't come here, when you're just shopping in Abergavenny, what is Jesus doing? And the tricky thing about Jesus is he's risen, he is alive, therefore he moves. <laughs> and he visited the synagogues. He would have come here, he would have sat here, he would have loved you all, he would have preached to you, but then he would have gone out into the towns, into the places that don't know him yet. He would have sat with the people who had no idea who he was, the people that no one else would sit with, the people that no one else had time with, the people who everyone else said, they're not worth it, those tax collectors, those women who are a bit dodgy, those people who are out partying. That's who Jesus pursued, it's who he chased, it's who his passion was for, the lost. And church is an amazing place. I love church. I've grown up in church. It is my family. I want my boys to grow up in church. I want them to know the love and community of gathered people being together. But there is more to being a Christian than coming to church on a Sunday. It's brilliant. Love your church. Support your church. Serve your church. But look out to see what else God is doing outside of here. And that should be exciting, because Jesus is amazing. It is amazing what Jesus did when he moved. And I've been hanging out in the Gospel of Matthew since the new year, and I'm loving it. It's like amazing. <laughs> I feel like I've rediscovered it again. And in Matthew 9:37, there's this amazing, amazing story. Matthew 9:37, "And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease, every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them for they were harassed and helpless 
like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. Jesus, on the move, went to the synagogue, but then went out, healed the sick, fed the hungry, built up relationships with the lonely and the lost. Before this verse, before he's talked to his disciples here in Matthew, he has healed a paralysed man, called a disciple, Matthew, the tax collector, raised a girl from the dead, healed the bleeding woman, heals two blind men and a mute man. Jesus is active. He is not a passive individual. He is on the move. And I believe that today, Jesus asks the same of us, of his gathered church. He loves you guys. But he has given you gifts and abilities as individuals, which he can bless, and then use you outside of here to bless the town that doesn't know him yet. How many people in Abergavenny do not know him yet? The hope, the life that is to be found in Christ Jesus, that is to be found in knowing that you are a child of God, that you have a place with him in heaven, but that he has a plan for you here on earth too. I love it. And I wonder if we're willing to do the same. Because if we're really honest, it's kind of comfortable, isn't it, church? (laughs) And rightly so. Because it should feel like our family home. It should feel like the place where we're loved and accepted, where we can be fed, where people really know us, what we're going through. But it shouldn't be so comfortable that it doesn't challenge us to take our lights out to shine the light of Jesus out. Because that is the whole story of Jesus. All of his life, looking for the lost and calling them to him. Healing them, restoring them, giving them dignity. He loved it. And how did it start with Jesus? It started with compassion. So when he looked at those crowds, he said his heart was moved. He had compassion on them. And I want to ask you that question again today. Where are you with Jesus? Where are you with Jesus? Because this compassion from the heart of Father God will only come if you are spending time daily with Jesus. Jesus is alive. That means that each morning when you wake up, you can say, God, I'm awake. Jesus, what is your plan for me today? How and where do you want me to shine my light? What are your dreams and hopes for this town that I live in, for the community that I live in, for the school I go to? What's your plan, Jesus? Spend time together in your small groups, with your friends, with people who know him. Pray together and ask Jesus to give you compassion for the people outside of this church. Because you're only going to be moved into action through love. Jesus is really good at that. He loved the unlovable. 
the woman that no one else would talk to. He loved her, spent time with her. The woman at the well, she had a dodgy story. He didn't look at her story, he looked at her with dignity and compassion. It was love, love. And the only way you will have more love for people outside of this church is by a deeper and closer relationship with Jesus. By spending time in his word, reading the stories. I'd really encourage you to read around, kind of Matthew 5 onwards. It's just amazing (laughs) what Jesus did. And what's even more amazing is that he's doing it today. These are not old, dead stories. Because Jesus is alive today, as he was yesterday, as he will be forever. Jesus is alive. And if you're interested in miracle stories, like for you guys, young people, there are some amazing healing stories right now of Christians being brave enough to pray for non-Christians and seeing people get healed. There's an incredible movement that's come out of Northern Ireland called Healing on the Streets. Again, what started off as a very small church in a small town called Coleraine, their pastor, Alan Scott, and a few of their team back in 2006 were brave enough in this tiny town. They just put some chairs out on the street, put up a massive banner saying healing. One of their young people walked around the streets going miracles at three o'clock. Pretty brave. Apparently the pastor was like, oh no, don't say that. But you know, there were miracles at three o'clock. The first woman they prayed for back in 2006 an older Asian lady. She had one leg shorter than the other. They prayed for her, and her leg grew in front of them. And that was the start of many miracles with this church. Google them, Healing on the Streets. Look up their Facebook page. There are current stories of healings within the UK and Northern Europe. It's just amazing (laughs) of people being brave enough to love like Jesus did, to trust the light within them, the light and power of the Holy Spirit that brings healing. And they're seeing it happen. It's just incredible. Within my own family, my my husband grew up a Baptist minister's son. I'm sure he won't mind me saying, their church was not that familiar with the Holy Spirit growing up. Amazingly biblical. Loved God. Holy Spirit a little bit more alien, I guess. And when he met me, I'm like this crazy, charismatic 20-year-old who is speaking in tongues, sharing pictures, just, what? (laughs) And he's so sensible (laughs) and so wise and knows his Bible way more than I do. Um, But it was incredible how God brought us together and our gifts kind of balanced each other out. He taught me more about the depth of God and his word and the Bible. And I think that through me and my family and my church, we shared more about the Holy Spirit. And um, Mike really came to know the Holy Spirit. And my mum, a few years ago, was really poorly with breast cancer. It had been misdiagnosed, so it was a late diagnosis. The GP had missed it. Um, And when they went to do all the tests, really wasn't looking good for her. And it was terrifying for our family. And we thought maybe we wouldn't have her. And so we called a healing meeting at our church in Bristol. Bless my husband. He leads, he just stands up and prays this prayer in actually a very Welsh accent. Shows he grew up in Cumbran, even though he's Dutch. Very confusing. 
prays this amazing prayer of passion and faith. You can see the light in him shining because it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And you could see it in that place. It was tangible. It's like the presence of God. It's like you could touch it. And he prays and he cries out to God and he says, no, no, this is not going to happen over this woman. And he prays with authority and he prays with power in the name of Jesus. My mum's not even there. She's in hospital. (laughs) Has the surgery. Surgeon comes and sits on her bed. I'm amazed. The tumour had kind of shrunk and changed shape. No sign of cancer in the um, nose when the test came back. And the consultant was like, I don't understand this. We were six months too late doing this operation. I thought I was going to have to tell you that this was all over your body. Praise the Lord Jesus, it was not. And we haven't seen a sign of that cancer since. It's gone. This is the power of the Holy Spirit in you through loving Jesus, that Jesus gives you love for other people, that then when you pray, your light, letting your light shine through prayer for other people, being brave enough to pray for someone else in the name of Jesus, you just never know. You might see your light shine even brighter when that person is healed when you comfort them because they've gone through a really hard time and you just spend a bit of time with them, but also offer to pray. I just want to encourage you today to be brave. We know it's hard. And especially, something that's been on my heart at the moment is um, especially for some of the older ladies here today. I know that you might have grown up within a generation that told you that because you were a woman... You were not allowed to minister. And I want to say to you that that is not a word that should hold power over you anymore. And there is no point in your life, no matter what age you reach, where God cannot work through you for his glory. Where you cannot use a gift that's maybe laying a bit asleep because you were told you were a woman and you were not allowed to use that gift. I am telling you, that Jesus can bring that gift alive in you, no matter your age, and you can see fruitfulness and miracles. In the Bible, it is Anna, an old woman in the synagogue, who prophesies over the baby Jesus, who recognises him for who he is, who encourages and ministers to his parents about what his story is going to be. You're never too old, so don't let that hold you back if that's what you've been told. I really hope that this has been exciting for you. I feel like God's doing something. I feel like as we look outside of these walls, as we're brave enough to let our light shine, as we walk with Jesus daily through Bible study, through prayer, through fellowship in church and in our small groups, our lights, if you let him, if you ask him, your light can grow deeper and brighter than you could ever have imagined. Your church light as a gathered community can grow deeper and brighter so that the people outside of these walls want to know more of your story. And I guess that's my challenge to you. This seems like an amazing church. But to look out, what is God doing outside of the walls in your own lives, but also in the towns and cities here in the valleys? I just want to finish with them. The Great Commission. Because where else do you end apart from there? 
Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on earth and in heaven is given to you. It's been given to me, so therefore I give it to you. So therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you to the end of the age. And for those of you who are feeling a bit afraid, a little bit freaked out maybe, by what God might be asking of you, the promise within there from Jesus, I am with you now until the end of the age. Jesus is here right now. Right now, Jesus is here. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will not abandon you, especially if you're being brave for him and sharing your light with others. I'd love, um, I'd really love to pray for Mike, for your pastor. Um, and also, when I was praying and preparing for this service, often how I receive prophetic words is um, a word will come into my mind, a very specific word, and often that's to do with healing. Um, and the word I had... What's weird about this is that I don't know the words. (laughs) So often I have a word related to healing and then I have to look it up because I don't know what the word means. So that's one of my ways of kind of knowing it's God's voice. So he said to me, osteokinematic. I was like, thank you, Lord. What's that? (laughs) Osteokinematic. And it's painful movement of the joint and bones. And I'd just really like to encourage you today, I will be brave. (laughs) But if after the service or you just want to raise your hand towards the end of the service, we would love to pray for you if you're suffering from painful joints or bones, and it's been a long-term problem, we would love to pray for you for the healing touch of Jesus and believe that Jesus is here today and that he can heal. But I'm just going to ask Mike to come up, and me and my husband, Mike, (laughs) will pray for him. I don't know if any of you deacons in a Baptist church? Yeah, do you want to pray too? You've got the hot spot, Mike. <laughs> yeah. So um, I am just going to pray for Mike and just share a word that I had for him. Jesus, you love this man. He is like a tree planted by streams of living water, and he has already been fruitful. But Mike, what I saw for you is that your productivity in terms of your gifting and your ministry is going to increase. Jesus, right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to increase the productivity of your work as a minister. So the things that you've had to spend lots of time on before, that have taken away kind of your energy, almost, that they will be quickly done. Quickly done. And that that will leave you more time and more energy to pursue Jesus and the gifts of the Spirit. And I pray for an expansion over the gifts that Jesus has given you. You are a wise man, Mike. You look at situations and you can see the wisdom of God, just as Solomon did. And Jesus has given you a gift of wisdom and that when people come to you for counsel, they will listen to your words because they will be sweet like honey to them because you will offer a new and fresh perspective straight from the Father in heaven. So I pray an increased productivity on your work and that your gift of wisdom will increase in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, it's really good to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I was just thinking there were a couple of uh, similarities. 
We both we both called Mike. <laughs> yeah. We're both good Baptist boys. Yeah. He's Dutch. I come from South Africa, so there's Dutch Dutch influences. Both very good looking. <laughs> <laughs> And we both married charismatic wives. <laughs> so, good so, luck to you. Yeah, so Victoria, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And I think it's, it's a real compliment that we've seen. I think it's, it's almost a model of what's sort of happening nationally. You've seen the Word and the Spirit coming yeah. together. The Spirit without the Word is sometimes misdirected, yeah. and the Word without the Spirit it doesn't have power. And seeing the two coming together is where the love and the power and the truth of God meet together into people's lives and we see lives change. And that's what it's about. And it's so exciting that we've got this uh, commission. It's scary to step out sometimes and to pray for people. But after you've done it, you've just... It's so exciting because you've seen people's lives changed. And we've seen it in church. We've seen it in our home groups. We've seen it in alpha groups. We've seen it in even in the little kids' uh, uh, you know, spotlights and stuff. People's lives have been changed, and we've got this light, this power. I love that. You're going to get some more, more quotes yeah. from your kids. <laughs> the power of God in us just shining out, and it's just about being who we are, being in that relationship and letting God's love flow into you and flow out, and so it's so encouraging. Um, anything else you've got for us? Or, uh, Can I add something? Yes, yes, yes. One of the things I was thinking about when Joe said you are the light is actually there's lots of different types of light and there's torches, and there's beacons, and God's not asking us all to be lighthouses. Mm-hmm. And actually, it would be really good for you to pray about what kind of light mm-hmm. God wants you to be this week, mm-hmm. because they're all different. You might be a torch, you might be a candle, you might be a headlight. They're all different. So do pray about that, and think about actually what kind of light does God want me to be, because I'm certainly not an evangelist. <laughs> I don't stand on the street and chat with people, sure. but I get alongside people, get to know people at work, and then talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in my new job for two weeks, and I was with the vice principal, and she started blaspheming and immediately apologised to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever remember telling this lady yes, yes. that I was a Christian, yes. but she knew. Something. Yes, so yes, that's my yes. Challenge. Well, thank you, thank you. Great. Thanks, Mikey. Brilliant. Well, if anyone would like to, to ask more questions, I'm sure Joe yep. and Mike will be happy to, to, to answer questions. Or if you're just thinking, yeah, I would like some prayer. Could you just pray for me? My light isn't as bright as it should be. It's faded a little bit. Or, or I haven't actually really got that light switched on. Could you just pray for me? I know uh, Joe and Mike would love to pray with you. I'll be around. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to duck off with the kids because Victoria's not here. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I will see me a bit later uh, when I come through for coffee. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.